Today in our gospel, Jesus returns to his hometown, and we are told that he is unable to perform many of the miracles he would want to do because of the people's lack of faith. But what the gospel also tells us today is that Jesus did heal some individuals. It says that Jesus laid hands on the sick, and some of them were cured. It is this notion of laying on of hands that I think we should focus our attention on today, not only in the context of Jesus laying his hands on the sick, but in our Catholic tradition, the importance of the laying on of hands, especially in the sacramental life of the church. In all of the sacraments, there is this laying on of hands or this imposition of hands. We see it in the sacrament of baptism, that when a child is brought to the font of baptism, the priest first lays hands on the child and traces the sign of the cross, claiming that child for Christ the Lord. And the parents and godparents likewise trace that sign of the cross. In our celebration of the Eucharist, Sunday after Sunday, day after day, there is an imposition of hands over the gifts, that the minister, the priest, stretches out his hands over the gifts and asks for the power of the Holy Spirit to come so that these gifts of bread and wine might become for us the body and blood of the Lord. In the sacrament of reconciliation, when a person comes and they make their confession, the priest stretches out his arms in a sense, laying his hands on the penitent with his outstretched arms and pronounces those words of forgiveness, I absolve you from your sins. In the sacrament of holy matrimony, when a couple stands before the church, before God, before the church's minister and the witnesses, they... they hold each other's hands. And in that action, the two become one. There is a laying on of hands as they join them together, and later in the marriage ritual, in the nuptial blessing, the calling down of the Holy Spirit upon the newly married couple. In the sacrament of confirmation, when our high school students are brought to the bishop, and their sponsor brings them and announces their name that they have chosen, the bishop lays hands, and he anoints them with chrism oil, sealing them with the gift of the Holy Spirit. The last two sacraments, the sacrament of holy orders, that in the ordination of a bishop, or in the ordination of a priest or a deacon, hands are laid upon the individual to ordain them, to consecrate them, to hand on this authority and this power that has been given by God now to the newly ordained. In the case of a bishop, there are three consecrating bishops who lay hands on the bishop to ordain him. In the ordination of priests, the bishop lays hands, and then the other priests who are present also lay hands as a sharing of that ministry 
with that newly ordained. And in the ordination of a deacon, the bishop alone lays hands on the individual. In the go- finally, in the gospel today, we hear about Jesus laying hands on the sick. And that happens also in the sacrament of the anointing of the sick, that there is this moment of pause in which we lay hands on the sick person, and then they are anointed with the oil of the sick. I think it's these last two sacraments, holy orders and the anointing of the sick, which maybe we should focus on as a gathered community, this notion of laying on of hands. So in the ordination rite, just last week, Three priests were ordained for service in the Diocese of Green Bay, and hands were laid upon them. As a church, as a parish here, I think it's important for us to pray that someone from our parish will be called by God and that they will be given the grace to respond and that they will have hands laid on them at some point that God will call forth someone from our congregation to be a priest, to be a deacon. They say that in this pre-shortage that we have in our diocese, that if every parish, every 25 or 30 years, gave the church a priest, that we would be at replacement rate, that we would have enough laborers to serve the needs of the diocese. And so to pray as a parish that that will happen, that we will give to the church a priest, that we will give to the church a deacon. There are many families, I know many older people who prayed that maybe God would call one of their children, one of their grandchildren to be a priest. And so maybe that's the encouragement for us today, that you pray for your sons that you pray for your grandsons, that you pray for your nephews, asking God to call one of them for service in the church. Secondly, as we gather as this faith community, it's always good for us to remember those who are sick, to remember those who are not here in our pews today because they are ill, they are unable to be here physically and to pray for them, to pray that they might draw closer to the Lord, that they might receive the gift of healing if it be God's will, that they will receive comfort by the assurance of the prayers of this Christian community. On Friday, I visited one of our parishioners who probably is in the last weeks of their life, and I prayed with them, and I laid hands, and I anointed that individual I think it's good for us to pray for the sick and to do so often, especially those from our community. In our responsorial psalm today, we said that we look intently on the Lord, pleading for his mercy. As a faith community, let us plead for the mercy of God for the church, that God will call forth many more ministers to serve in the church. And let us plead for God's mercy for the sick, that he may be with them and that they may know that God is with them. Because when we pray for them and when we 
see this laying on of hands, it's really an extension of the work of Jesus that he began in our gospel that we heard about today.